James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. James Golden here with you on this Friday afternoon. Welcome, 800-848-WABC is the number to give us a call if you'd like to be a participant on today's program. 800-848-9222. It's Friday in New York, the Friday before the storm. The calm before the storm. Now listen, folks, if you don't have everything you need, this is a good time to get it. Take your radio with you. Get supplied before tomorrow. Go check the snowblowers if you're in the burbs and you have to blow your own snow. Make sure you have everything ready. Make sure you have the materials you need to clean off the stoops to do everything. Because tomorrow could be. Now, we don't know what it's going to be like. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine. They said, you know, every time they forecast one of these snow bomb nor'easters and they start forecasting it days in advance, you never know what you're going to get. You never know whether you're going to get the real big snow bomb nor'easter or whether you're going to get a little sprinkling and say, what, all of that for this? You never know, but you have to be prepared. So let's be prepared. No no need to panic shop, but there is a need for you to just be, just in case this thing is as bad as it could possibly be, let's be ready. You just heard the traffic uh, forecast one of the and and one of the things is the Long Island Railroad uh, tomorrow. No, 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 no. Listen, if you have to be inside tomorrow, begin your morning with us here eight o'clock in the morning. James Golden, aka Bo Snurley, here on our Saturday show, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now today, of course, one of the saddest days in New York memory. You know, I I don't mind telling you. I saw a picture. Today, and as soon as I saw the picture, the tears started flowing. And it was, first it was a video, and the video was the honor procession that was leading the casket of Officer Jason Rivera. And then the pictures... Fifth Avenue turned into, when they say sea of blue, sea of blue, we've heard that phrase, and maybe sometimes you think it's overworked, but let me tell you, it was a sea of blue. There was one picture that was so incredible. It was of a huge American flag that was strung in between this in both sides of the street. And as far as the eye could see, the entire Fifth Avenue filled with police officers. And many of them, when they had the close-up shots, you could see they had tears in their eyes. One of the things that was very touching today, there were two things very touching. One, Police Commissioner Keechan Sowell was met, New York Post, with roaring applause Friday during an impassioned speech honoring Officer Jason Rivera at St. Patrick's Cathedral when she posthumously promoted the 22-year-old slain officer to detective first grade. What a wonderful thing for her to do. Jason's light 
she said, will shine on. There's a glowing wave of blue outside, of gray, of brown, of green, a mosaic of men and women in uniform with the shine of tears in their eyes and a glint of daylight on their shields. Now, part of what she's referring to when she says a glowing wave outside of gray, brown, green, there were police officers present at young Jason Rivera's funeral from all over the world. Officers flew in from as many parts of the world as they could get through to represent their countries and to honor this young New York hero. And some of their pictures, again, make you make the tears come to your eyes. Our commissioner said, she continued, Know that they will forever beam in salute to the son you gave in service to the city. It is the light that never fails. And the truly finest members of the 32nd Precinct and the entire New York Police Department will proudly carry on the extraordinary legacy of Detective First Grade. And the place erupted. Sorry, I'm getting a little teary-eyed now. It is such an honor for this young man. You know, I I read today that his brother was saying that that he was, quote-unquote, obsessed with being a police officer, that even as a young child, he was already listening to police scanners. He was following police stories. This is what he wanted to do almost his entire life. And that life was cut short. The widow, his wife, Dominique, Dominique, revealed something that had to be very painful today when she spoke. That their last communication was an argument with each other and that he offered to drop her to work. And he said something very prophetic too. You know, he told her for all, you know, it's the very last time I'll be able to do it. And she declined and she took an Uber instead. And of course it was one of those arguments where you, 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 you look at what they're arguing about and it's something that would have totally blown over nothing the way that young couples, old couples, all couples argue. But she also did something that I'm sure every member of the police force, or almost every member of the police force, not only here, but in the entire tri-state area and perhaps the country, would feel good about in the midst of all of her pain. She took it to the new Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg. Didn't spend a lot of words on him, but she got the point. She said, speaking to her husband, although you won't be here anymore, I want you to live through me. 
This system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore, not even the members of the service. I know you're tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. She received a standing ovation. She said, I'm sure all our blue family is tired too, but I promise, we promise that your death won't be in vain. Beautiful young lady carries herself so well, so honorably in her pain and so forthcoming that the the picture that I was referring to earlier is in the New York Post today, and it's simply entitled The Sea of Blue at Officer Jason Rivera's Funeral Friday. It is a remarkable picture. It is simply stunning. And at the same time, it is New York's finest at their finest. We still have another funeral to go. Hopefully weather will permit next week that the partner of Jason Rivera Officer Moore can also be honored for his service. You know, there have been so many, sadly, over the years, funerals for New York police officers who have fallen in the line of duty. I remember passing more than one that was held at one of the Catholic churches in Queens, New York, and and to see the turnout that happens at these things is truly remarkable. But today was something Today was something different. You also had thousands of everyday New Yorkers who went by St. Patrick's to pay their respects. There's something about Officer Jason Rivera that inspired and ripped the heart out of the city at the same time. It's so tragic that one so young with his life ahead of him one so dedicated to doing good, one so dedicated to bridging the gap between the police and the communities would be taken. I hope that in years to come, in decades to come, the name of Officer Jason Rivera will live on, that people will remember him, Remember his desire to become one of New York's finest. And by that, I truly mean one of New York's finest. He wanted to be a representative of the best that the police department can offer its citizens as it protected them. He wanted to be that bridge between his communities and the communities he served and the police department to make life better. This was his stated ambition. This was a young boy who wanted to serve from the time he was a boy who grew up to be a young man who wanted to serve, who served, and whose life was needlessly taken by a career criminal, something that is happening all too often across America. 
And I hope also that District Attorney Alvin Bragg got the message that people are paying attention to what he said and that they are highly offended the way that he delivered his opening address to the people of New York, pretty much saying that he wanted to give the criminals a break. Now, I've read there's an Amsterdam news story today in the Amsterdam news that gives more of an explanation, I think, to what District Attorney Alvin Bragg says he wants to do in reducing recidivism, in reducing this kind of turnstile justice where people are in and out of jail, where more and more people are jailed every year. And what he's saying that he wants to do, the reforms he wants to make, what his ultimate goal, he says, is is to make the city safer by disrupting this pattern of repeat criminality that seems to go on. And I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that that is what he wants. The way that he expressed this to New York left a lot to be desired. And for the widow of slain officer Jason Rivera to call him out the way she did this morning, I hope is a wake-up call to our Manhattan District Attorney that he has a lot of repair work to do to earn the trust of New Yorkers if that indeed is what he wants to do. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, when we get back, we will visit Her Worshipfulness, Her Highness, the one and only Princess Di. Don't go away. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air, 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we've been looking forward all week to hear from her worshipfulness, her highnessness, the one and only... The Empress, who commands hamlets, provinces, towns, cities, all across the United States of America. Let us genuflect and give thanks for our very own Princess Diana. It is so nice to hear your voice, James. I really have to protest the the, the pomp and circumstance when it goes into worshipfulness. No, 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 no. I, I defer to the true God. And I also, as I said, if you're going to be genuflecting, I shall knight you. So choose your title of what you want to be knighted. Yeah, I'm of. still trying to think of it. Sir, son of a bit. Uh, never mind. Um <laughs> By the way, that was a beautiful tribute. I wanted to tell you how much I appreciated your beautiful words on this somber day for the grieving city, and your words were very appropriate. Thank you, Diana. You know, I am still, uh, my eyes are still a little bit teary, um, to be totally frank with you, because I have, Diana, I've, I've been in this, there's something about this one that just really got me. It just, yeah. it just. It's like well, he's so think, young. He's so yeah, his young. Also, 
he, he, his desire for service and his sacrifice came from love, and that was explicitly expressed by him. And there's something so moving about someone who wants to help his own city in great need and coming from that place rather than an angry place or some of the other political places we see today. But to have it come from love makes this so much more painful. Yeah, and then I feel for his wife, too. I mean, how courageous was that? To, And I'm glad she actually did. You know, she had to be carrying around guilt. Can you imagine that? This, 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 oh, what a, and they were such a sweet couple from all appearances and from yeah. everything we've read. And then can you imagine the last thing they had was an argument on the way out the door? Oh. I mean, oh, it's oh. just, just adds to the heartbreak of the entire story. It really does. And it's also, you know, a warning to all of us to, you know, modulate how we speak to the ones we love all the time, because I think all of us have been in that position. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some news out, and I don't know whether to start with the hilarious or start with the hilarious or start with... Eric Adams, there's a headline in Politico, and I saw the headline, and I immediately sent you the story. I'm like, do these people not understand how this headline reads and how the average person is going to hear this headline? Let me read you, ladies and gentlemen, the headline in Politico today. Eric Adams' war against crime sparks democratic unrest. Wait a minute. Well, no. The mayor They're of not New York. Notice how terrible this is because they don't read Politico. <laughs> right. The the Eric Adams declares war on crimes, and that causes Democrat, the Democrat Party, to go off the deep end. <laughs> what an admission of where we are as a society. Well, it's also an admission of where the liberals have long been. I mean, the the phrase "soft on crime." And the other phrase, coddling criminals, has been true of the left for generations. This is a long-term position of the left. They think differently than we do. I want to remind you, you may not have heard this. Do you remember, have you ever heard of the Butterfield effect? This was a, Fox Butterfield was a reporter for the New York Times. And in 2004, he wrote an article, and here was the headline. Despite drop in crime an increase in inmates and the left cannot yes yes, it it, it was just the common sense person says well of course you have a drop in crime when you have an increase in people in prison but the liberal does not think that way they think that imprisoning people enforcing the law all of those things contribute to societal unrest and actually cause more crime. And so they are of the belief that if they do not enforce the law, if they do not imprison, I mean, look at everything they're doing. Look at Alvin Bragg. You have perfectly described Alvin Bragg's philosophy. At least, look, I'm trying to, to be I'm trying to cut this guy a a little bit of a break because I haven't heard him, except for what we've read in the papers, talk at length about what his philosophy is. But from everything that I've read, you have described his philosophy exactly. Yes. Yes. 
And it's he's got a long record of it. He was, even though he was, yes, a transit cop, he was a longtime police critic when he was in that role. So he is coming from the left in his, his own record is very, very critical of police. And yes, he campaigned and he saw a need for combating crime. But so far, he's been, um, I, I, I agree, let's wait and see, but he's been all talk. He's been attending vigils. He's been visiting hospitals. He's been giving briefings at crime scenes. But policy-wise, he hasn't changed a thing. And in fact, shootings have risen by more than 15% this year since he's been there. So he hasn't turned things around at all. And I agree, let's give him a chance, et cetera, to turn around the long, you know, mishandled de Blasio ship. But on the other hand, I think that until people see actual enforcement of the law, people are going to be rightly skeptical. There is, I'm going to throw you a curveball here because there was a story I just spotted right before the program uh, from uh, American News, AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com. And the Democrat mayor down in Baltimore has apparently, somebody lit a fuse under him. He he was talking to, he, he said the critics of the city's violent crime problem have to take matters into their own hand. This is what he said, Diana. He said, if folks have something to say, get your ass on the streets. Walk with us. Do something. Don't tweet. Don't talk. Don't go to Fox 45. Everybody has to do something. And this can impact anyone. Now, at first, when I read this, I was like, whoa, why is this guy attacking, apparently, the citizenry that's being already victimized by crime. But then I wondered, does he have a point? Well, you know, my instant reaction is, yes, I mean, people do tend to spout off, you know, safely behind a computer screen, et cetera. But what exactly would the average citizen be permitted to do? I, I mean, yes, I'm sure there are people who are willing to help or support, but you know, what do you want? Are we going to march in the streets? Will we be allowed without masks to, to support the police? <laughs> I mean, they are very, very, you know, mouthy when it comes to demanding what the citizenry should do, but then they explicitly limit what the citizenry is allowed to do. So let's ask him. I think that's a great question. What does he expect ordinary citizens to do that he's not allowing the cops to do? Mm, okay, let's turn our attention to George Soros for a moment. Now, Soros is a buzzword. I typically, over the years, have I get so tired of hearing about George Soros, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. But George Soros is in the news today. Diana, why is George Soros in the news today? Well, he's put his money where his mouth and his beliefs are. He's got $125 million that he's put into the super PAC ahead of the midterms. And he's got $2.5 million of that is going to Schumer, the Senate majority PAC. $1 million is going to Pelosi, the House majority PAC. And a million is going to the Democrat Association of Secretaries of State, which are the people who actually monitor elections. 
And I have a question for you. You Mm -hmm. read this thing. I read this thing. This has been a long-term project of Soros is to get involved in elections, and a lot of them where they're small and they're little kind of wonky um, offices that no one has paid attention to. What is the word that you noticed that was missing in this article? Hmm. I will tell you. The word is Republican. There is no Republican answer to any of this money. The only person who's involved in it is Donald Trump. President Trump. He's in there making, you know, his own nominations, his own support for people in a lot of these offices. But the Republican Party is completely absent from this fight, which is being fought on the ground with dollars. And that is the thing that is continually frustrating to me because Soros, you know, is, has, is perfectly within his rights to support whatever he wants, but there's no counter to it. And there's no verbal counter to it. Basically, you know, what is This your is how we lost of? district attorney's offices all around the yeah. country to these flaming radical liberals. I will tell you this. One of the things that liberals have been upset about, and you've read these stories too, you hear right. the anger that journalists have when they write about how Donald Trump supporters yep. are now running for some of these little-known offices yep. in election, yep. and they are actually angry that Trump it's supporters... It's their territory. Are, it's their right. turf. Same with the school boards. They really think they have owned this, and they have, because there's been so little attention to it. But the 2020 election, I think, opened people's eyes to things that the Republicans had just absented themselves. And it's time for a change. And the fact that they're so mad about it tells you what a threat it is if they do not have their own monopoly anymore. Last story, and then we will see you tomorrow on our Saturday Saturday radio extravaganza while the Nor'easter bomb is blowing through New York and, 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 and environs. Um, the West Virginia governor delivered his, sec- his uh, state of the state message today, and he did something that was hilarious. Why don't you tell us what it was? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You now, sent me I, the story. I, I... I sent you the story, but I'm telling you, it's a little weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. State of the state address, and he is really ticked off that so many people in the celebrity class have been making fun of his state, West Virginia, because of the mansion opposition to the Biden agenda. And so people like Bette Midler and other celebrities have been basically calling West Virginia names. And he has had his fill of it. And so he brought his fat dog to the to the podium and held up the dog's tail forward and basically said, this is what I think of you celebrities, and showed the dog's rear end, which I thought was an unusual political And said that statement. they should kiss his, they should kiss the dog's rear end. Yes, I'm glad you said that part. But yes, it was an unusual approach, but I didn't disagree with the sentiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Bette Midler, of course, is one of the ones. He said, he said, uh, he, he was talking about the celebrity place. He said, they told every bad joke in the world about us. And so from that standpoint, baby dog, tell Bette Midler <laughs> and all those out there, kiss her hiney. <laughs> And he held up the hiney. It made for amazing video, I'll tell you that. 
A little fun in politics. Uh, Princess, Your Highness, Diana Mee, thank you. We will talk with you tomorrow in the middle of the Nor'easter snow bomb. So everybody be ready. Thank you, Your Highness. Thank you, James. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on a Friday afternoon. Your telephone calls, of course, welcome. We will get to your calls, 800-848-WABC. Coming right back. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Is that the Hughes Corporation? You know it. So during the break, you heard the traffic report. I'm sitting here laughing myself silly because Rich, our broadcast producer slash engineer, has an addendum to the traffic report. What did you say wasn't going to be closed down, Rich? I think they said there was no snow emergency on the uh, Atlantic City uh, Expressway. So. Uh, why? 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 <laughs> well, that's because, you know, those gamblers, they need to get their fix. you gotta, you got to get to the casinos. <laughs> You know, there's a special at the blackjack table tonight, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, goodness. Because, hey, did you know that Amazon workers in New York City have received permission to vote whether they want to unionize? Way to go, guys. Drive those jobs out of the city, too. Why don't you? It wasn't enough that AOC stopped them from really opening their headquarters here. I know. Let's unionize and send Amazon straight packing somewhere else for lower wage prices. Now, I must say this. Uh, That is a conservative take. You know, unions hurt jobs. But I got to say this. I know people, and all of you probably do too, I know people that work for Amazon in these warehouses. And in all fairness, some of the stories I hear, they're not pretty. They're not pretty. It's like, are you serious? You have to get permission to go to the bathroom? Well, that's one of them. And it wasn't in New York. It was in another state. And this person was just saying what a horrible experience it was working there. And I'm not saying that to demean Amazon. Amazon is providing a lot of jobs. Amazon is doing, uh, bringing a lot of jobs to a lot of places. So I've never worked there. I don't know what it's like. But these unions tend to do one thing usually, and that is to drive businesses out. Now, there's an opinion piece, and yes, we're going to get to your calls. There's an opinion piece today in the Washington Post. The U.S. presidential debates have set a Democratic example abroad. Republicans, evil, 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 evil Republicans should not destroy it. Here's the skinny on that. The RNC... And I know many of you hear the RNC and it's like puke city. I don't want to hear from them. I'm not giving to them anymore, blah, blah, blah. Not saying. But the RNC has done something right. The RNC, Ronan McDonald had said, McDaniel has said, we are not participating in these debates anymore unless you get it cleaned up. We're tired. What she's basically saying is, look, we're tired of these so-called nonpartisan debates. Well, all you do is go get these liberal journalists and these liberal journalists trash Republican candidates. We want more transparency here and whatever. And now liberals like this guy who wrote this piece, Leon Krauss, 
is upset because, oh, our presidential debates are such a good example for the rest of the world. Down in Latin America, they watch these things and they marvel at how great our debates are. Oh, I just was corrected. You don't need permission to go to the bathroom. Sorry, I got that wrong. I don't want to slander Amazon. All I heard, it can be difficult at times. Let me just put it like that. Working conditions can be difficult. So I'll just leave it at that. And I withdraw the earlier statement as incorrect and apologize. Okay, but back to the debates. These debates have long needed. Don't you remember? I mean, one of the ones that I found most repugnant was when CNBC did the debates, and that Becky person was there. This was when President Trump was running up the first time. It was just open hostility from the moment these reporters opened up their mouths to the end of the debate. Of the debate, don't you also remember Candy Crowley and Mitt Romney? Basically, she's jumping all over Mitt Romney and giving Obama a pass. Do you remember the way the ambushes? George Stephanopoulos pulled off. All of these debates with these liberal reporters have been fixed and biased for as long as we've watched them. I say, for a change, the RNC is doing something absolutely right. Screw these presidential debates. Screw them. If they can't get conservative broadcasters up there, there are plenty. They could get reporters from the Washington Examiner. They could get reporters from Just Got News. They could get reporters from BizPack Review. They could get reporters from American Wire News. They could get reporters from any from National Review. They could get reporters from any number of publications, the, the Washington Times. They could get reporters from any number of conservative outlets to appear. They could go to talk radio. They could get people like Tammy Bruce, who would be an excellent choice to be a debate moderator. And they could actually make these debates fair, but they won't do it. And so I say, good, it is about time the Republicans say, screw these presidential debates, we're out of here, unless you fix this. Let's start on the phones. Where shall we start, Rich? All right, James, let us begin in Queens and speak with Giuliano. Giuliano, welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. Thank you, James. Thank you. Listen, here's one way that we can solve this problem in New York City with these uh, criminals running amok. Now, we know that the New York City Police Department has anti-crime units. What good are they going to be if uh, the mayor decides to put them on, put them out on the street with some kind of crazy uniform? But having said that, let's put that aside. Whoa, 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 hold on. He is reinstating plain clothes for this. They're not going to be in a uniform and some of these divisions, anyway, they're going to be plain clothes. And apparently, what he's saying is that they're going to use new technology to determine if people are carrying guns. Now, I don't know how they're going to scan people for that, but apparently, they're going to do something different than um, than uh, it, it, it. Some people are saying it's going to be a high tech uh, stop and frisk. Only they're not going to do the physical stop. They're going to do uh, some kind of technological. Look over before they stop you. Okay, but let's not leave out the middle word and stop and frisk. The middle word is question. Okay, so now let's get back down to this. Here's the way we circumvent the mayor. 
We circumvent the governor. We circumvent the politicians and the crazy courts. Here's how we do it. We bring in the ATF. We bring in the DEA. We bring in their agents. These agents work undercover with our police officers. Now, here's the kicker. The PD doesn't take the collar. You let DEA and ATF take the collars and process the perps through the federal system. That's how you get around all this craziness. Have you forgotten who runs the federal system these days? Well, I uh, well, I'm just well, well, wait, wait, stop, mayor, because it's because I love you. I love your plan. But the first thing I thought of, oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Joe okay, Biden, but, who's bending over and grabbing the ankles for every progressive he runs upon, is not going to allow any federal. Look, this guy won't even enforce federal immigration laws. He's breaking them. He's one of the guys that's actually perpetrating the crimes by sending these illegal aliens to almost every city he can, including Westchester County, in the dead of the night. The federal government under Joe Biden and these Democrats aren't going to do anything to stop criminals. They're aiding and abetting criminals. And that, But the point is now you've thrown it back in their ballpark. Let the onus be on them, Okay. That way, you've done everything. No, here's a, you know, Giuliano, I like your idea, and I said that, but let me just give you the real skinny, okay? It's up to us to stop this crap. We have to get these freaking liberals like this Manhattan DA out of office. And by the way, the unelected governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, pretends that she's going to be all tough. She's another one that was for these bail reforms. The first thing you do is reverse this stupid bail reform measure that let all these criminals out on the street. The next thing you do is empower New York City police officers to take these criminals down and put them back in jail where they would stay, depending on their crime and not be released back into the public. Then you give them a fair trial. If they are convicted, you send them away, and you keep them away for the duration of their sentence, and you stop granting parole. And while they're in jail, you stop coddling them. You actually punish crime, and you put the criminals in jail. And guess what happens? Diana said, Butterfield, Princess died. The Butterfield effect. When criminals are in jail... Crime goes down. Simple equation. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, with you here. WABC Talk Radio 77. We are the crown jewel of American radio, and we are coming back right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. Boy, here's an article, Princess Di. Thank you, Di, sent me. It is from April 3rd of this year. And it's from Mashable.com. Amazon admits the peeing in bottles thing is real and promptly deflects blame. Amazon wasn't exactly telling the truth. Who would have thought? The story goes on to saying after two weeks of saying no, all workers definitely do not have to pee in bottles while at work. Amazon has admitted that sometimes its workers do have to pee in bottles. And I will just leave it there. Thank you, Princess Di, once again for saving my behind. Phones, where do we go? (laughs) 
Where do we go? When you got to go, you got to go, I guess, right? I guess you got to go. <laughs> Let us begin in Queens and say hi to Dino. Dino, welcome. How are you? WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. Hey, James, how you doing, buddy? You're a wonderful guy. Thank you. I want you. to make this fast and quick. I am a ex-felon. I had a nonviolent crime. I did about seven years. And I wasn't the type of guy who's going to say, oh, no, they lied. No, I deserved what I got. It was conspiracy. And I did my time. But I'll never play baseball. I don't get three strikes. One strike for me is enough. I'm an older guy. I got caught at 45 years old. I had a wonderful, wonderful judge. She was amazing. Judge Ross, Allie Ross. She was amazing. She could have gave me 20. But she said that he doesn't look like a criminal. He has a great record. At 46, he's not a criminal. But the severity of the crime was severe. So what I want to say is, if you don't give these guys time, the world will turn to, let me not say, they need to do time. Not a year, not two years. All these people that are destroying New York City, you got to get them better than seven years, 10 years, 15 years, fighting cops throwing water on cops, pulling our blades on cops. Where is this well going to? It's never going to get better. They need to do time. Lock them up. And that's exactly what happened to me. Did I deserve it? Damn right I deserved it. Because if I didn't get caught and I didn't, this didn't happen to me, James, I would continue. Dino, you are an amazing guy. And I so thank you for calling here. I think your words would go further than anything I could add. Thank you, Dino, for the call. Rich, where do we go next? Let's head out to the island and say hi to Patrick. Welcome, Patrick. How are you? Good, uh, James. Uh, to talk with you again, I, I did a few months back, and uh, it's always good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I... Oh, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Amazon situation, I think I, I would agree. I mean, they have to be better than their employees to that point. Uh, when AOC uh, spoke on that, when Bill de Blasio was in office and she didn't want them in uh, the boroughs, I thought, well, it could have helped business, you know, but she was seemingly going for the local businesses, which I thought was good. However, she's got to stand up against the criminals, right? So what does she do? Um, going back to June 2019, there's an incident where, there, you know, you have uh, turnstile jumpers and so on. It got out of hand on the subway platform. She says there, as she was there, she says, fight the police, fight the police. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's this, unbelievable, you know? This, this is where I mean, we so, are. How can you have the law and order that way, you know? How can you have law and order with Democrats running things? This seems to be the question. How will there be law and order as long as Democrats and liberals are in power? That's the question. Where do we go next, Rich? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Patrick. Good to hear from you again. Let's go to North Brunswick, New Jersey, and say hi to Tony. Hey, Tony. How are you? Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Hi, James. You know, everybody acts like all this crime is coming from outer space. All this crime is committed by people, by citizens, by human beings there. You know, everybody needs to put their phones down. Everybody needs to get their face off of Facebook. Everybody needs to stop watching the porn on the computer and all that other junk. Stop doing drugs and stop drinking beer. And this society would be a lot better. Their parents need to start being parents and parenting their kids. It's the most important job in the world. This needs to be done. You can't blame the police for everything. And for all those billionaires out there playing football with our lives, 
trying to undermine our society and all those DAs that are on their payroll and all those criminals who think that they're going to win. God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you listen more than you talk. Listen to this, because I read the whole book, and at the end of the book, God wins. You get that? God wins. James, I love you. Keep doing it. Thank you for what an incredible call. Thank you. WABC Talk Radio 77, where do we go next, Rich? We will go over to Bayside and say hi to Tom. Hi, Tom. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. What's on your mind this afternoon? James, uh, picture uh, two basketball teams. One team is allowed to travel and the other team is not. Mayor Adams said recently that in New York State is the only state in which the judges cannot exercise discretion to require bail. Their hands are tied. They're compelled by law. Yet the DA has the discretion to take a felony by law and change it to a misdemeanor. It, 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 the, the it boggles the mind. It, Tom, uh, what you're saying boggles the mind. How could we get in this situation? Well, I know who we can ask. We can ask AOC. We can ask Governor Kathy Hochul. Why is it that you why is it that you supported the bail reform that actually invests this kind of power in DAs that actually demands that criminals be let on the street? All of this boggles the mind, Tom. And thank you for raising the point and bringing that up. And thank you so much. Appreciate the call. We have time for one more. If you can make it quick, where shall we head? Well, let's go over to Long Branch and say hi to Leon. Leon, welcome. You got to make it quick. Time's running out. What's on your mind? Real quick, ditto the guy that just got on. I don't understand. It takes thousands of legislators in this country to make laws, and one clown can decide that he's not going to. What happens? How does one man decide? Progressive. Progressive. Again, ask the progressives. Ask AOC. Ask Ilhan Omar. Ask Rashid Talib. Ask this woman out in uh, in St. Louis whose car was just shot up, but she's one of the defund the police people. Ask Governor Hochul. Why are you people let ask D.A. Alvin Bragg? Why are you all so anxious to let criminals roam the streets and prey on the good people, the working people, the tax people, the people that make New York work? Why are you willing to do it when you get finished asking Alvin Bragg? Go out to Seattle. Go to Los Angeles. Go to San Francisco because all of their DAs are doing the same thing. Go to Dallas, Texas. Go to Austin, Texas. Their DAs are doing the same thing. And they're all funded by this one guy, this one guy, George Soros, who put up the money for these radical progressives to win office. So the question that you ask, why? Those are great questions for them to answer. Because indeed, why? God bless you. Detective First Class, Jason Rivera. May you rest in the comfort of God's arms. And may your grieving wife find peace and comfort. We love you, Detective Jason Rivera. This is James Golden, New York Strong. America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. We are grateful.